All right. Good morning, everybody. I tell you what, uh, what causes anybody to actually write like a psalm like that, right? So David, King David in the scripture, he couldn't help but write all these psalms of praise. Why, Why would you do that? There's only one reason, right? Because you actually encountered the real living God. You actually met him. He actually moved in your life. You experienced God. And when you really experience him, then you just, you just got to praise him. <laughs> you just got to do it. One of my favorite uh, lines in all of scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> He's good. So when you taste him, you can't help but like get, and the the title of today's message is you get captivated when you actually taste God, when you actually experience God. Definition of captivated is to attract and to hold the interest and attention. Taste and see that the Lord is good. My birthday was a couple weeks ago, and my sweet friend Amy King popped over late at night with a white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. (laughs) It was a great birthday. And I'm serious, man. I know. If you, I, I tell Amy all the time, girl, you need to open up. Uh, cheesecake Factory will shut down if you open up a cheesecake. They, she, she can make a cheesecake. And, I, and even knowing that, as soon as I tasted it, I'm like, oh, I am captivated. <laughs> My full attention. I just, I love it. But this is what happens, you guys. Anytime you actually taste and see that something is good. When it's new like this, every one of us who are married, do you remember when you tasted and saw that he was good? Remember that way back then? Remember that? (laughs) Or I tasted that she was, I'll never forget, man, when Susie, the first time I met her, again, I was at a conference and she walked in with, with like almost army boots on and shorts and a tank top and she had a bandana around her head. She was slouched in her chair like this and I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. That girl will beat me up. <laughs> and then they broke us up into, uh, into groups of four. And the first time she opened her mouth, as soon as she opened her mouth, I'm like, there's something different about that girl. I tasted and saw that she was good. And so I got captivated, right? Now, she didn't get as captivated with me. Took it a little bit longer, <laughs> you know. But good things uh, yeah, happen for those who wait. So... Um, <laughs> So here's what I did, though. As soon as Susie captivated me, I started doing two things. I wanted to learn everything I could about her. Do you remember that? I want to know everything I can about that girl. That's what happens when you taste that something's good. You want more, and you go after it. So you do everything you can to learn about them. And then your love, and then the love just starts to grow. You learn, and you love. So here we are, you guys. We just got done with Easter, right? Amazing. That talk about getting captivated. Jesus Christ, God himself, the creator of everything, actually comes and brings his kingdom. The spiritual realm that you can't see but that you know is there. That's good and beautiful and powerful and lovely. Enters into earth through Jesus Christ and people are captivated by him. But but then he dies on this cross to pay for our penalty to reconcile us back to God and then rises again, the only person ever to do that, ascends into heaven, and when he did that, he took heaven and earth and he brought it together like this. And now he's telling us that what that spiritual realm, God's presence, can now actually be in your life. You can taste and see that God is good. And what he says is if you believe that, right, you put your faith in that, 
And God says, I will pour my spirit into your heart. And I will flood you with my love. And now you know that God is there. And I'm telling you, man, when that happens, I'm just going to tell you right now, because this is super important for us who live in America and who go to church. Because you can go to church your whole life and never have that happen. But I'm telling you, if think about this, come on. If the creator of those cosmos and these mountains and every molecular structure, if that being actually comes and unites with your spirit, are you just going to be the same? There's no way. So what happens, man, when you actually taste and see that the Lord is good, you do get captivated. And so, man, it happens over and over and over and over again. I'm hoping it'll just keep happening, maybe even today. Some of you will get captivated. Well, we got a great story. Chuck Coots got captivated. And I remember Chuck, he's sitting over here. I remember the first time I met him. He, he was nice, but he was kind of just holding me, at, you know, kind of just cordial. And he'd be kind of kind, but he'd kind of keep me at a distance. And, dude, he, he, he is so transformed. So just real quick, let's watch his story, and then we'll keep going on. Since I was about 16, 15, I completely, that's the last time I really ever thought about God. By the time I got in college, I was completely, I just, I just denounced God. I was... I was, I was done. So when I was about eight years old, I moved to Ozark, Alabama. And shortly after that, my brother Craig Coots becomes friends with Jason. And they just become best friends. They're like skating all the time, watching movies together. And then so years later, I moved to Utah. And my brother is like, dude, you got to get in contact with Jason, man. And I'm like... Sure. So I call him up and he's like, yo, dude, let's meet at the Republican. So then that started for like about a year. We just hanging out. And so we started meeting regularly um, once a week. Chuck was all, you know, grown up and doing archaeology stuff. And uh, we just started hanging out. So Chuck kind of went through some things and some, you know, some problems. And he ended up in my basement, living in the basement. He just like at first, he invited me to church all the time. And I was just like, dude, really? And so I was just like, no thanks. When we moved to, um, from 21st to this building, we did a, um, a little tour, you know, when it was under construction, the drywalls hung, wasn't painted, the seats weren't up and all that kind of stuff. And, and Dave was just telling us, here's the, where the stage is gonna be, here's where this is gonna be. Uh, uh, Dave said, there's some pens and, and we're gonna write on the wall some names of people that you hope lives are changed by, by church. I wrote Chuck's name on the wall and kind of shot in the dark because I knew where he's coming from um, and, and we talked before and stuff but and and I never brought it up to him because he would have thought it was weird and maybe even been mad about it and then he invited me probably for about a year and then eventually um, something happened where I went I was more or less kind of coming to church just to just to give it a shot that little bit of that little bit of linger kind of said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna try it. You know, I'm not gonna definitely put two feet in, by no means whatsoever. But Jason was really cool about inviting me all the time, though. It was it was cool. I probably declined more than I accepted at first. Um, I started really going back to what my parents taught me, you know, about God. So years later, I start reading the Bible more, and I actually start talking to God, and I start having a relationship with God." I went to Jamie Winship's yeah. men's event, and he was talking how the enemy really works on fear. And I was like, by golly, I'm, I'm just tired of it. A couple of weeks ago, I get a text on a Saturday night, hey, I'm getting baptized. 
And it was late Saturday night, and I figured it was the next time they were doing baptisms. And I was like, oh, sweet, you know, cool. I can't wait to tell you about your name that's on the wall in the church. And I come to church on Sunday, and he's got a bag with him. And he's like, no, I'm doing it now, you know. I'm tired, but I'm going in. I'm doing this, you know, I'm reading the Bible. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm praying with you. There's no reason. We're already together. There's no reason. I'm going in. So that was, that was probably the catalyst to, to doing it the next day. I told him about the, 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 the prayer and um, little thing we did about writing the names on the wall. And I said, your name's on that wall. And we both kind of sat there staring at each other for a minute. And I was realizing like, that's a thing that happened. It's really cool. And I don't know what he was thinking. Why did you write? I, I, I really, um, God told me, like it just, I just put the pen to the wall and his name went up on the wall. I know one thing, after being with God and being saved, there's, I just can't imagine not being with him anymore, you know? Life, I can't imagine what life would be like without him now. It's just, and I can't imagine how I did it before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One of the coolest things to me is just <laughs> his laugh and his smile. You cannot run into Chuck, and that's, that's exactly what he'll be like when you run into him. Why? Because he tasted and saw that the Lord was good. The living God, the all-powerful God, entered into his being, and you cannot be the same. So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do, can I just tell all, all you guys who are Christians and all of you guys who come to K2, don't miss this. How many times did Jason ask him to come? He kept asking, and he kept asking, and he kept asking. And I don't know, man, if you're like me, you might risk inviting a friend, and they're like, ah, I don't want to go, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and you may never ask him again. And now what's Chuck saying? Man, how cool is it that Jason wouldn't stop asking me to come? Man, every one of us in this room who follow Christ, don't forget that. Our mission at K2 is to invite everyone to experience the adventure of following God. And Chuck's doing that because Jason, he's sitting right over here as well. Way to go, dude. Way to write his name on the wall <laughs> and then way to, way to invite him. It's so cool. So cool. So, all right, so here's our series, right? So we're doing this. And the reason we're doing this series called uh, The Critical Journey is because when you receive Christ, Jesus said you're born again, okay? So again, we're going to see this again today. God uses physical creation to help us to understand spiritual realities. And so one of the best ways he said you can understand what happens to you when you receive me, it's like a complete new creation. So he uses the term born again. You get my spirit. You become my child. Well, when that happens, it's just the beginning, you guys. It's the beginning of a critical journey that just goes on and on. And so we're going to take six weeks, and we're going to look at all these different stages that we go through in this critical journey. And today, we're going to look at this first one of being captivated. But if you're born again, the, the, really, the, the illustration that's in the scripture is it's like you're an infant. In fact, that's what the Bible says. So you can receive Christ in your adulthood, but once you receive his spirit, it is so new. It's like you're an infant. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And so some of you, you haven't even made that decision yet. And that's cool because now you get to, a chance to see. It's like, okay, man, uh, yeah, I've never had that. I can tell you, I've never, act, I've had emotional experiences maybe in church. But the truth is, I, 
There's no way the living spirit of God is in me yet. Okay? So if that's you, man, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just like Chuck. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. And one day, it'll just, it'll just happen. It's amazing. Okay? Others of you, you're in that stage right now. And so today for you, listen today about this stage. But a majority of you, lots of you are already Christians, and you're, you, you have, you're beyond that first stage. But this is huge because when you have, right, I just, new babies are everywhere around here. So cool. When you, when you have a new child, you just don't go, all right, well, good luck, right? Set them aside and, you know, hey, there's, you know, there's some cereal in the cupboard, you know, if you need anything. No, I mean, when you have a new baby, every new infant needs an adult, so Jesus said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And so this message is for everybody who's in this first stage, but this message is for all of us who are already beyond that first stage to say, how do we, because he said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to make you somebody who's going to walk alongside other people. All right? So that's where we're going today. So here we go. And here's, where, here's my statement. The journey begins, okay, as soon as, the, as soon as it happens, the journey begins with lear- love and learning. It's the same thing I did with, my, with Susie. I want to learn everything I can, and my love grows, and that's exactly where we're going. And by the way, I just wanted to let you know, we have a new program, okay? This is a, we have a brand new program for everybody. Some of you who've been coming for years, you haven't picked up one of these in years, right? Because you're like, ah, I know what's in there. You don't know what's in there anymore because now inside are actually all my notes, okay? So the speaking notes for our messages are going to be right in, inside here. So if you want to grab those in the future and grab a pen, you'll be able to follow me, okay? So they're all in here. At the very top, the journey begins with love and learning, all right? And here's our verse, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. And now, now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, okay? So that's the first thing. That's the seed that we talked about last week, actually falling into the ground. It's like you receive Christ and accept him into your life. And just as you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. See, so once you've tasted and seen that he's good, man, it's just the beginning. That's why our mission is to invite and equip every one of you to live out the adventure of following God. Because that's what you were created for. You, You actually start a spiritual journey so that you must now follow him. Okay, now look at the verse seven. Let your roots, okay? So I accepted Christ, and now I'm going to follow him. How do I do this? You let your roots grow down into him. There's two analogies we're going to look at today in this first stage of, 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 of brand new spirituality. You got to let your roots grow down into him, and you let your lives be built on him. Roots down into him, and you build your life on him. And then look what it says. If you do those two things, then your faith will grow. Okay? So maybe some of you in here, it's like, well, man, I know I I did receive Christ. But man, I just, I'm just stagnant. I feel empty. I'm just, okay. Guess what? There's some things you need to do at this initial stage so that your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Can I just ask you, I mean, is that how you, do you find your heart like that? Is your heart overflowing with thankfulness? Now, why would it be overflowing with thankfulness? You know why? Because I'm tasting and seeing that God's good. 
right? That's why David kept writing Psalms, because he kept experiencing God. You know why he kept experiencing God? Because he was following God. And so as you follow him, then your faith grows because you start experiencing him. Like, oh my gosh, he really, I didn't just learn that he's faithful. He really is good. He really is faithful. He really is powerful. He really loves me. Now all of a sudden your faith is growing and you're overflowing with thankfulness because you're actually experiencing God. Okay? So there's two things. The journey begins with love and learning. And in your notes you can see it. We're going to be, the first thing is that we need to be captivated by learning. Captivated by learning. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3 says this. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. Okay, guys, here, just, I just want to tell you, man, God's desire for every one of you is to grow. Are you spiritually growing? Is your love and your joy and your peace, peace and your patience and your kindness, is your wisdom and your strength, is it growing? Okay? Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Okay, well, what is pure spiritual milk? Okay, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it point blank tells us what it is. It is the elementary truths of God's word. Just defines it. Here's milk. The elementary truths of God's word. Now, that word elementary, right? So what do we got? Well, the first Okay, you, go to, you go to elementary school. What that means, it's what's first. It's the, it's the foundation. It's the beginning. It's the word that was actually used for cornerstone. So it's the first stone, right? So again, and this is crazy, it's because in Hebrews 6.1, it continues to go on, and it says that when you are learning the elementary truths, milk is actually laying the foundation. That's what he says you're doing. So so here's what you need to understand. You just received Christ. You are a spiritual infant, and the first thing he's saying you got to do is, okay, then learn. Learn. And he calls it, two, two, two analogies, spiritual milk, and he calls it, and when you do, it lays a foundation for you. And foundations are super important, right? When you, and that's the, that's the next blank. We're captivated by learning, and that is our foundation, when you're going to build a building, you, your foundation better be strong and secure. Okay, because what are you doing now? You're following him. But here, I just want to really remind you, how do you know? How do you know that you're actually following Jesus and not your idea of who Jesus might be? And this is really important, because sometimes we think, well, Jesus would be like this, or, or God would be like this, and then God's nothing like that at all. And so you start following, your foundation is your idea of who you want Jesus to be. And then you think you're following Christ, and every, nothing, nothing at all is happening. There's actually no spiritual growth. There's no power. And you're like, well, this Christian thing doesn't work. It's like, no, 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 no. You weren't building your foundation on the elementary teachings of Christ. You didn't build your life on him. You must find out who he is. I can't tell you how critical this is in this first stage. The first thing he says is lay and build your life on him. Now, it's so interesting because he uses this analogy of milk, right? So I, I actually studied newborns in milk. Do you guys know this? This is so interesting. As soon as an infant is born, immediately 
they have an instinctual sucking that begins immediately. So as soon as you are physically born, you know what? I need to eat. And immediately your lips are starting to go, I need food. And what does the Bible say? You live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what's crazy? Is you literally start feeding that baby within the hour. And they are like, I know I need this. And then you feed them like 8 to 12 times a, a day in those beginning stages. Because, and, and God is saying, so here's what he's saying to you. If you've received me, I can tell you this. This is going to happen. You will have a spiritual, instinctual need for the word of God. You just will. So I'm going to tell you something. This is super important here in America. You can go to church all your life and never experience this. You can even have emotional experiences at church. You can. And not actually receive the spirit of God. And I say this because this, in 30 years of doing ministry, one of the greatest dangers is for you to think that you've actually received Christ when you didn't, when really it was like you, there was an actual faith of trusting him. You didn't really surrender your life to him and say, Jesus, yes, come in and I accept you as my Lord. And if that doesn't happen, if you just have an emotional experience, and here's how I want to tell you, this is, this is just a test to consider. When you received Christ, did you find a spiritual hunger immediately? Because when you have that transformation inside of you, it is a transformation. And there will be a need for the word of God. You will want this, okay? So man, and, and here's the deal. There's no, in first service, Susie helped me with this. It's like, there's no shame in that. It's, it's great to have an emotional experience. It's great to be intrigued. But if you still don't long for God, if you don't long for, that's what the Spirit does. The Spirit inside of us causes us to long for Jesus. And so if that hasn't happened yet, then just keep going and going, okay, Lord, man, please. I want to receive you into my life. Please just come into my life. Now, if you are in that stage and you are in a spiritual newness of stage, then what is the spiritual milk? And let me just tell you, here at K2, so we, my wife and I, a few years ago, wrote this thing called Base Camp, okay? And because we call it, it's an adventure with God when you, when you receive Christ. But if you're going to go on this an adventure, if you were going to climb Mount Everest or climb K2, this crazy mountain, the first thing that you would do is what? You go to base camp. And when you go to base camp, what you do is you go, okay, what tools do I need? Who's my team? What's the route? How do I actually do this thing? Okay, so we actually wrote this. And all base camp is, you guys, it is the elementary truths of God's word. It is the foundational principles of who the nature of God, of what salvation is, of how you can be secure in that, about what the church is all about, about um, uh, what it means to have spiritual gifts, about the community. Uh, the basic things are right here. So I want to encourage you, if you're in this kind of new beginning spiritual phase, you must be captivated by learning. And if you haven't done that yet, then I want to, in three weeks, we're actually going to start a new base camp. So here's what I want you to do. Inside your program, if this is any of you, inside your program is this card, okay? You can just fill out this card, give us some contact information. Please make sure that it's legible. I, we always hate it when we're like, I have no idea what that is. And then we try to get a hold of you and we miss you, okay? So fill this out. 
put your contact information on it, and in three weeks, we will start a base camp right here on Sunday mornings, okay? And, what, and then you can throw this in the offering basket when we take our offering later in the service, all right? So I want to make sure you know that. These books are available out in our uh, uh, little bookstore right in the middle of the lobby, all right? Absolutely critical. Okay. Spiritually, I receive Christ. Then the first thing you need to do is lay the foundation on the elementary truths. Crave pure spiritual milk. And if you do, you will grow. All right? Now, the main thing, let's go into the next one. The main thing, because the journey begins with what? With love and learning. And the most important thing, there are so many good foundational things we have to learn. The most important thing that every one of us in here needs to learn about is love. You must be captivated by love. And that's your next blank, captivated by love. See, because what did it say? It said, let your roots grow down into him. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19 says this, I pray that you being rooted and established, guys, can notice this? It's always the same two metaphors. You got to root yourself down and you have to be established. You have a firm foundation and then you root yourself. I pray that you being rooted and established in what? Love. That you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Okay? So let's go back. Let me just real quick through this. Go back to verse 18. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have, look at this, may have power to grasp I, I, this is important, you guys. When you're a brand new infant, how, how powerful are you? You're not powerful. What God is saying, here's what he's saying. My love is so different, so unique, so much more beautiful, and so much more glorious than anything you've ever tasted that you're actually going to need power to grasp it. If you try to understand God's love on your own, you will never know his love. Right? Because then he goes on. He says, what am I praying? That you'll know this love that what? Surpasses knowledge. What in the world? Here's what he's saying is, the love that I have for you in this pea brain of yours, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. You know why? Because in this brain, you have years of experience of your mother's love, of your father's love, of your friend's love, or whoever's love, and human love is never as glorious as God. So all you can do, you guys, when you try to understand something, the only way you can understand something is through the experiences and the information that you've received. And what God is saying is my love is so far beyond that that you're actually going to need to experience a love. You need to know a love that surpasses your knowledge. It's going to go here. It's going to go here. Do you know that? He goes, do you know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? Is the love of Christ blowing you away? And if it's not, then you don't know it yet. It's that good. So as a spiritual infant, the first thing he says is, you must be captivated by love. And in your notes, that means you must be rooted in it. So now we're going to this plant metaphor, right? Which is what I used last week on Easter. That a single seed, even a redwood, 
tree is just this tiny little, little seed. But inside the seed is the potential of a spiritual redwood. But the seed has to fall right into the ground, and then it has to germinate. But here's what's interesting. Do you guys know this? You'd probably do. This is kind of elementary stuff, but science. But here we go. A seed will never germinate unless it has what? Water. In fact, you can, it doesn't even need soil. You can put a seed in water, and it'll actually germinate. So a seed, this is so interesting, doesn't transform until water touches it. Do you know what the metaphor, you know what Jesus calls the Holy Spirit? Streams of living water. When you receive the Holy Spirit, it is the water that actually begins the transformation of your life. And so again, if you go to church, if you even think you're religious, but you've never experienced spiritual transformation, that's okay. It just means you haven't received the Spirit. But once you receive the Spirit of the living God, you will not remain a single seed. Do you get it? You actually will change. And you know what's interesting? So as I'm studying this this week, the first thing, the first thing that always happens to a seed is it first thing is a root. First thing, root. And then after the root actually, and it goes down, just like the scripture says, your root must go down into him. After the root goes down, then the shoot actually begins to grow. It's the root before the shoot. Okay? And I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. All right. So, all right. So I found this great video. Okay? These are two corn seeds. Okay? These are two corn seeds. Let's watch these together. The one on the right is actually upside down. So here you go. The roots are going down. The root on the right, even though it's pointed up, it goes down into the soil where the nutrients are. And then the shoot goes up. Now I'm telling you, you need to understand again. Everything God has created is to help us to understand a deeper spiritual reality. This is so important because all of us want love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, right? We want the shoot. It's spring, right? Don't you? Come on, man. Where's the flower? Where's, where's the fruit? And here's what's true. You will never have a shoot of beauty or of fruit until the root has gone down. And so the first thing that has to happen as soon as you receive Christ is you must be captivated by his love because his root, he says, you must be rooted in my love. And then once you know his love, then by the power of the spirit, he starts to create the shoot. And now all of a sudden, the love of God that was poured into your heart starts to flow to others around you. Absolutely super important. So here's the question. What is that love like? And I'm going to go quick through this. This is my favorite verse in all about Romans 5, 5, and 8. Because this is why you need power, spiritual power, to actually know his love. Because look at this. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so God's love through the Holy Spirit, the water, is poured into our hearts who has been given to us. And then he says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us, this love that was poured into your heart. He demonstrated us by this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? Now, on your blanks, these are super important. Write these down. Okay? This love that we need to be rooted in is a love that's not based on performance. It's not based on performance. Can you guys put up, again, uh, verse 6 for me? Look at this. You see at just the right time when you were powerless. Can I ask you a question? When you're powerless, what can you do? Nothing. <laughs> okay? See, now that's not human. Because in human love, we always love because of something. Like even, as, I love Susie, but why did I love Susie? Because of what she said. And then I get attracted to her physically. And then I love her personality. See, it's all about who she is this. And you're not, and you're not, and you're not, but she is. Right? And so, so what happens? Ooh, I love you because of that. See, but here's what God is saying. That's cool. And by the way, I hope you do have that when you fall in love with someone. It's, it's a good thing. But here's, here's the issue. But all of our love with people is based on, are you still that? You know, you're not the same person you were when I married you. So then what do we do? Pull our love away. Because now you're powerless to be that. You're not as skinny anymore. You're not as funny anymore. You're not as smart anymore. You're, you're not as kind anymore. And so we pull our love away. And God says, you know, okay, so here's the problem. So you think that that's my love. Because that's the only love you've experienced. And so then you got God, and you're like, okay, man, okay, God, well, I better keep my act together, because if I'm not good enough, then God's going to pull his love away. And he says, no, 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 look, at just the right time when you could do nothing. nothing. That's when I love you. This is the love you must be rooted in. It is a love that's not based on your performance. Because if you think God's loving you because you're, well, I started going to K2, and I got in a Life Together group, and I, I gave some money last week. And so you start doing things so God will love you. You know what happens? Then as soon as you stop doing those things, what do you think God's going to do? Stop loving you. And that's not him. And that's the second blank. It's a love that never ends. It's a love not based on performance, and it's a love that never ends. I'm telling you, until you and I can grasp that love, that's what we get rooted in, and then it establishes us. And now we actually know his love. And that's what we need to do for each other, okay? So here's the question. How do we actually become rooted? And you know what's so funny? Because you don't root yourself. It doesn't say, root yourself in my love. That's not what it says. It says, having been rooted, being rooted. It's actually a passive verb. So he's actually saying you need to be rooted, but it's actually something that has to be done to you, okay? Now, these are not the four blanks on the next page, but just real quick, these are the four things. How do you become rooted in God's love? Number one, I'm <laughs> bang, bang, I'm just going to keep hitting this drum. You got to read his word. You got to read his word. What did Jesus say? Man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You must be in the scriptures and observe this crazy, radical, supernatural love of God, okay? So you got to just get in his word. Number two, praise, worship, and thanks. Praise, worship, and thanks. 
I, I, this is something new I've been doing the last like six months of my life. And what that does is so when we worship, you go, God, you are. And you walk in here and sometimes you had a crappy week and the music begins and it's not about your emotions. It's not about how your week went. It doesn't matter how you feel about God. You get in here and you worship him and you praise him and you thank him and you say, you are. And God gave us this gift because music Meant the words minister here, but music goes to here, and somehow something deep can happen in some of the ways that you know the love of God, that you can be rooted in his love, is in his word, but in praise, thanks, and worship. Those are the first two. And then the third one is this, and this is critical. Steps of faith. How do you get rooted in his love? Steps of faith. I'm going to tell you right now, if all you do is go to church and, get, and memorize scripture and, and know stuff, but you never actually take steps of faith, you'll never know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. You'll never know it. The only way I know God like I do is because I stepped out in faith. And as soon as I stepped out, then he was loving. And he was faithful. And he was good. And now I know it here, not just here. Do you guys understand this? You've got to take steps of faith, right? Just as you receive Christ Jesus of Lord, you must continue to follow him. If you don't keep following him, you won't grow in your knowledge of his love. All right, so his word, praise, thanks, and worship, steps of faith. And the last one is together. Remember what it said? I pray that you together with all the saints will have the power to grasp his love. The, guys, this is super important. I've been using this a lot lately. I don't know why, but it's an illustration that's so helpful for me. Every single one of us, God, our identity, we, we know who we are only because of our interactions with other people. That's how we know who we are. That's why a baby lays there, right? And the parent's like, oh, you're awesome and you're good. I mean, you just, oh, okay, yeah, great, you know? And, 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 and then you start growing up and depending on how your mom and dad treat you when you're young, that's your identity. You start to believe you are what everybody else has told you. That's how we get it. Now, here's the problem. Every one of us in here is so messed up. <laughs> is anybody in here not broken? Right? So I run into Ed Peterson, right, as a friend of mine, and I come in and, and, and I start to, okay, so I interact with Ed, and then Ed reflects back to me with this mirror. Well, this is who you are, Dave. Well, Ed's a great guy, but he's screwed up. All right? So what happens is every one of us, we're circus mirrors, is what we are. And so somebody goes, hey, so who am I? And we're like, well, you're kind of like this, right? And then, and then you go, okay, well, all right, well, hey, how are you? You're like, oh, you know, you know, I mean, every one of us, we get this reflection back and we're going, oh my God, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovely. I'm not pretty. I'm not funny. I'm not, and then Jesus, you meet Jesus and he's the truth and he's the only one who's not messed up and he puts the mirror in front of you and for the first time, for the first time, beautiful. And I'm good. And see, and then you know what the church is supposed to be? The church is people who stood in front of the mirror and got the right reflection back from Jesus. And then we run into each other and we go, because Ed actually is a good friend. So most of the time, Ed can just go, hey Dave, this is who you are. This is who you are. And I'm telling you, the way to be rooted and established in his love is supposed to happen in the church. 
And we're supposed to, that's why Jesus said, the way the world will know you're my disciples is if you, anybody? Love one another. And so that's what this is all about. That's why we gather together. And that's why we don't just go to church for an hour, because in an hour you're going to come in and you're going to go home. And are you going to have someone look at you who knows you, who sees your faults, who sees how messed up you are, and go, hey, no, 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 no. You are seen without blemish, without accusation. You are loved. You are beautiful. That's how it happens. And if you're new in your faith, you must get rooted in his love. And that love will captivate you. It will absolutely captivate you. All right? So, yeah, you can go ahead. You can clap. All right. So now let me close with this right, just this, and this is quick, but let me just close with this. All of you who are Christians, I, want, I am going to say this. The one thing I love about K2, I love greeting you guys out in the, on the, on the parking lot. Here's what I know. Every week I'm here, I meet some of you who are here for the first time. Every Sunday. We had 40 people get baptized last Sunday. Is that not awesome? 40 people. So what does that mean? We have 40 new people who are spiritual infants who need what? Who need an adult to come alongside. And what do they need? And here's your four points on the right side really quickly. Infants need to be fed, okay? And they need to be fed the truth. Now, I've already been talking about that, but this is huge. So here's, here's what I tell you. If you actually are a follower of Christ and you're more mature in your faith, then you need to stop by the bookstore and grab one of these. Five bucks. This thing right here is the foundation elementary truths. And Susan and I, we wrote this so simple that every one of you could just do this. It's just scripture and some basic stuff. I want to tell you, the greatest joy, one of the greatest joys of my life is how many people have started a journey of faith here and they'll meet me at a coffee shop or they'll meet me at a bar or they'll meet me wherever and we just go through this together. And here's the thing. Every one of you, you have spiritual infants all around you and we need you. Jesus said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to make you a person who actually helps infants grow in the spiritual knowledge that they need, and you're going to love them, okay? So that's the first thing spiritual infants need. They need to be fed the truth. So go get one of these, okay? And then you'll have the foundation. Number two, they need to be protected, right? If you have a baby, I mean, that's all you're doing. You, you protect them. And what's interesting, in spiritual matters, you protect them with the truth, Look at this verse in Ephesians. He says, Christ gave himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, so he gave a few of us, just some, to actually lead. But to do what? To equip his people. That's all you guys for the actual works of service or ministry. So that the body of Christ may be here. Here we go. So that the whole body can be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So this is huge. The only way we actually get mature is if everybody who's already received Christ actually joins in on this deal and helps people who are new in their faith grow. Now look at this. Longer be infants. And look what happens to infants. They're tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. In other words, when you're a brand new baby or a small child, what? 
You don't know the difference. Somebody tells you to do something, you're like, okay. Right here, eat this, okay. You just, you just do stuff. And so the way that we protect spiritually young people is we make sure they know the truth so that the schemes and the deceit and the lies and the false teaching doesn't cause them to think I'm walking with Jesus, but I'm really not. I got duped and I'm way over here. So guys, this make sense? Okay, so if you're, a follower, if you're a follower of Christ, then you and I, we need to be feeding and we need to protecting both with the truth because the journey begins with love and learning, okay? Then number three, what do babies need? They need to be held. We even know this, right? If a baby's left in the bed, what happens to them? If they aren't held, they die. They actually need to be held. And so I've made that, I'm just saying that's your presence. They just need your presence. Hebrews 4.16, from Jesus, the whole body, okay, all of you, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows, there it is again, and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're a follower of Christ and you're not building relationships with other people, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Because the only way that the young grow and mature is if we get joined and held together. And so that's why you can't just come again for an hour. We have to walk out of here and say, okay, who's my support? Who am I pouring into? Who am I connected to? Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Okay? So who are you holding? Who are you joined and held together with? Who are you pouring into? That's how this thing works. And then the last one is, is, is cleaned up. Babies need cleaned up, right? <laughs> and I'm just telling you, this is grace. And this is true, man. I'll never forget when Mariah was first born, my, uh, my brother and his wife and, and his family came over and they knocked on the door and, as, and I was holding her. And as soon as I opened the door, she projectile vomited right on him. <laughs> See, that's what infants do. And all you moms who had your first little boy and you're like trying to put the diaper on and he's peeing everywhere, right? He's just peeing all over you. And you're going, what is this? What's going on? Infants make messes. Look at this verse. It says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by or walk by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. So all he's saying is, when you're brand new in Christ, guess what? You've got years of thinking and patterns, and it takes a long time. So guess what? Yes, he's in you, and this is grace for you. If you're new, guess what? You're not going to be like Jesus. It's going to be a process. And so what do we as Christians do? We know people, and we help them to know. Because if you don't do what's right, and you start beating yourself up, oh, I'm a crappy Christian, and Jesus, no way could he love me, you better have an adult beside you immediately holding you and giving you grace and going, no, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Grace, 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 grace. All right, so there you go, man. You and me, those of us who know Jesus, let's feed them, protect them, hold them, and clean them up. And if you're a new believer in Jesus, then jump in and get some elementary truths. Lay your foundation on Christ and root yourself in his love. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Band, come on out. And we're just, we have one last song. So here's what Jesus said, right? He goes, if you follow me, just follow me. And, and Jesus said, everything that I'm about is this. Two things. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He goes, oh, everything else is in the Bible hangs on those two things. Love God with everything you got, and it's all about love, all right? So here's what we're saying, that when the journey begins of this new life, the whole God pours his love into your 
hearts, okay? And when God pours his love into your hearts, our goal is that we will walk out of here and actually love. And the world, does the world not need to be loved? So we're going to take our offering right now. And why? I, I, I so want you guys to understand this. The offering is nothing but love. It's just love. Because <laughs> when you love, just because God, right? God so loved you that he gave. And when you love, you give. That's what you do. So right now, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then you just give to him. You just, it's, a, it's a very tangible way just to show God, man, I love you and I honor you. And I give you back what's yours. Okay? And then what's cool is every dollar that goes in here is going to do what? It's going to go out and bless somebody else. It's a way you love other people. So let's do it. Let's love. Let's be generous. Let's be like God. And let's love. And this song, you guys, is one of my favorite songs. It is just a prayer. We're going to make, this is our theme song for the whole series, okay? And as we're just going to do this song and make it our prayer. And I, I, I just encourage you, go ahead and stand with me and let's receive these words. It's new, but just hang with it and eventually you'll get it. And it's a prayer for God to pour his love into our hearts so that we can love others like he loves us. Let's do it together.